Previously on Dennis Rodman's Dial M for Magic. <laughs> Even worse. <laughs> I actually made myself laugh a little bit there, so that's 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 on me. So previously, the fight concluded on the deck of the freighter, and there was a frantic effort underway to find the requisite number of diamonds to perform a a healing spell on the body of Treble. And unfortunately, the uh, ship's cleric, or surgeon, did not have, from a gameplay perspective, enough spell slots to do this. So she instructed you all to uh, put the body in the freezer until enough time had passed where she'd be able to resurrect again. You also received quite a lot of loot this past go-round, so some potions, some magical items... And that was really just about all that happened. There was some roleplay stuff. I don't know. Can anybody think of anything else? Uh, Treble went to uh, mm. uh, the purgatory with a cat lady. And oh, right. Doors, or was going to. Oh, yeah. Treble goes to purgatory. Treble goes to purgatory and met with the world's weirdest bureaucrat to talk about the afterlife. <laughs> The story is going to pick up on the submarine. You all have just uh, re-embarked. Uh, the captain gave orders to some of the crew members to make sure that both of the ships were scuttled because of the damage done to them. Oh, one other thing that happened uh, immediately in the aftermath of the battle. A fancily dressed and uh, somewhat... Uh, for lack of a better word, useless-looking passenger came and thanked you all for saving them. Um, and it became apparent that Barry, Barry Brigand Kicker was in fact a fighting butler serving this person. Yeah, and then we all sort of looked at each other like, why did this person speak to us? So it's going to be fun to find out why this person did like speak to us. We like we have some sort of authority. Ha ha! Ha ha! You idiots! I feel that this is going to come into play. I don't know again. why you would think that because because Henry just brought it up or anything. Or because it happened in the first place and was unusual. Uh, well, the reason I bring it up is because uh, said gentleman plus Barry are going to be joining you on the submarine for the rest of your journey to the floating city of Kwazu. Kazu. So, because both of the ships because... are getting scuttled. Okay, yeah. That was what I was going to clarify. Yep. So th that is where our story picks up. You, uh, you watch as a pair of submariners uh, set little blasting charges on the hulls of each ship. Uh, and you see little explosions, and then each of them slowly starts to submerge as they take on water. And this would be through like the observation window that we talked about before. So, what would you guys like to do? <laughs> yeah, can we just have like a like a non-funeral? <laughs> <laughs> you can't for who exactly? Why are you for the boats, obviously for trouble. Um, listen, I currently have one hit point. And I would like to have more than that. <laughs> so maybe I could go take a quick you nap. You know, like a quick eight-hour nap. Like a quick eight-hour nap, and then I could have spells 
and four hit points would be great. For a second, I thought you said I could have spells and four hit points, and I'm like, yeah, that's definitely, <laughs> definitely your max HP. That sounds great. Glad to glad to know that. Imagine. I mean, that just, just reminds imagine. me of like old school, like it might have been three point five, where wizards could have like at level ten have like seven hit points because they roll D four. <laughs> <laughs> is that a possibility can i go sleep real quick uh yes you can okay um that, yeah, I, say, I feel like we all probably go to sleep I, I would imagine that you all want to do that so am i you know what i'm gonna wait for you to tell me that i can mark off a long rest <laughs> on my character sheet just in case just in case happens. we get attacked again i'm gonna say that you all are able to take a long rest right now okay so. thank you God. Do whatever you need to do to your character Nothing, sheets. I took no damage last time. <laughs> That's right. I uh, took a lot. <laughs> I just took emotional damage. No physical damage. You did. <laughs> a lot of psychic damage yeah. to Kitty. But like, not in the actual psychic way, not in the psionics way, just emotionally scarring. I mean, same for Herman. That's why Herman's not coming out to play. You mean Vincent? Because you're Vincent now, or Hermincent, as I called him? I do like Hermincent. I like this Incredible Hulk sort of subplot we have now. The, the, yeah. how he, like, it's like, I just Hulk now. No more yeah. Bruce Banner. <laughs> Bruce Banner yep. weak. Herman weak. Vincent strong. And then you get to become Professor Hulk, and it'll be really Does cool. my death count as a long <laughs> no. or... Just having a little sleep up in heaven. Just having a little slumber. Yeah, you just, you die, and then you take a nap, and then you come back to life. It's fine. Yeah, 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 I think that's how it works. Uh, let me just check my notes on that. Um, no, no, that's not how it works. Uh... <laughs> Should I have you roll to see if you get frostbitten by being put in the freezer? No, that'd be that would be cruel and probably inaccurate. So uh, let's just say at least he's a bard who uses poetry. So in case his fingertips did freeze. Oh, that's useful. It'd be fine. Yeah, that's true. Um, Okay, so a long rest period passes. Oh, I, I should mention the captain ordered the submarine to get underway immediately. So yeah, get you, away from you, the ships we're scuttling <laughs> in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, something like that. Good idea, uh, Captain. Because of the losses that the crew took during the battle, the ship doesn't quite handle as be- as well, and possibly due to the lo- the loss of the Locatha, um, people seem a little uncoordinated. Um. And the captain's kind of just buzzing all over the place, like looking at everybody's station, essentially, and barking out directions. And, and micromanaging. So. Our favorite, and micromanaging. Your favorite uh, type of manager. Uh, Red will get in there and be micromanaged. Because <laughs> <laughs> Red knows how to pilot a yeah, was, submarine? Now, no, he's Because just I've like, forgotten. What to, are Red's credentials for this? Do you uh, need me to bring this? some buckets of water somewhere or cook lunch? Like, listen. Remove those from the start of it. Ships the, have the, cabin boys, right? They're going to tell you to find, like... They like, have the, people that just, like, wash the deck. We're in a I assume submarine. that a submarine would have, like, I don't know, There's wash no the kitchen wash. or They're something. They're going to send you... 
like you're gonna ask to help and they're gonna send you on an errand to like find a left-handed hammer or something like find that the, doesn't exist find the, you find set this up by saying we need to help out i never so said you I needed assume... to help out i i just said <laughs> oh no uh, oh no it starts again what's <laughs> I think our help was us dying, Red. Oh, I think, the, I think help that was, was the help was they were. a, a combat-only help situation. Okay. I never Fine, explicitly then. said... I mean, sure, I will create... They want us to help out on the sub. They just wanted us to help in the battle. I No, well, I understand. Well, no, it's fine. Give I get me a it. minute. It's I'll fine. come up with it's an fine. actual thing for you to do. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> I'm not trying to be <laughs> facetious. Like, I'm, I do understand now that that was, in fact, the thing that I was misremembering. <laughs> Um, if you do want to help, you can actually go to the galley and help the chef. There we um, go. I will chop some vegetables. Great. Chop sure. some... Use your carpenter's knife skills. <laughs> uh, so you help the chef prepare a meal, and you basically stand behind a table with like a big pot of stew in front of you and kind of dish it out to people, to crew members that come through the mess hall. I just do sort of a lunch lady thing. Yeah. Exactly. Got it. So you're doing that. Vincerment. Vincerman. Uh which uh I don't what are like you that doing? Sermon is in his yeah, name I, now. <laughs> I Vincerman. mean Sermon. It's Hermincent. Hermincent, that's what it was. Hermincent, okay, that's better. Hermincent, what are you doing <laughs> uh at this time? Yeah, Vincent's gonna go check with the cleric to see How long? when they're gonna try and resurrect. <laughs> Also, don't forget, you have base with you. Yeah. And base is right around on my shoulder. Who can also spider climb now. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I forgot that we he got, got tiny booties hat on. gloves for spider climbing. That's even better. Vincent's walking down the hall, down like a, a, a hallway, I guess, and then base is just walking on the ceiling above him. Oh, that'd be so annoying, because I just imagine his tail just swapping you in the face every step. <laughs> It's true, my head is probably right next to the ceiling. <laughs> there isn't, like, a dedicated room for the healer, so what you end up doing, actually, is going into the galley, because that's where the only freezer is. So, Herman, or not Herman, uh, Treble has been placed next to, like, a stack of beef. That's awesome, just so I'm just keeping an eye on him while I'm chopping fish. Yeah. Some frozen peas, you know. Some peas, some... Some ready-made French fries. Well, no, probably not that. Uh, but definitely that. Yeah. You need French fries on the ship. Some bagel bites. Yeah. yeah. Some Smuckers Uncrustables. Pizza in the morning, pizza in the evening, pizza at supper time. These are all <laughs> possible sponsors of the show. Yeah, definitely. Get at us. Okay, if we get bagel bites, then I'm going to retire. That's If that, we get bagel <laughs> bites... We're, we're going to retire on that, ba- on that bagel bites money. <laughs> <laughs> that's how we know we've made it big, when we get that bagel bite money. <laughs> so after a certain point, Hermincent... I desperately need this... To- so after a certain point, you do see the cleric come towards the galley, and they've brought with them a couple of, like, orderlies. So people who have, like, a little red cross on on their lapel. So, like, nurse assistants, basically. And they go into the freezer, and they take out Treble, and they take out uh, one other crew member. 
that was put in there. And they kind of bring them out. At this point, the mess hall is kind of cleared out, like off hours, basically. And they lay them on two of the wooden tables in there. I hope you like eating where dead bodies were laying, people. I mean, it was it was clean. They put down like a, not Owl. a bib, like a, a <laughs> yeah, what? A, they put down a, a tablecloth, and it's very sanitary. They put down a sham wow and uh, <laughs> I love it. Just, like, just a couple of napkins from Grandma's purse. They just lay them out very gently. <laughs> Can I just so that everyone is in this scene message Kitty to be like, "Hey, we're doing the shit in the kitchen now, so come here." She will go to do the shit in the okay. kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> just so that everyone is here for reactions, etc. Oh my god. It's, okay, so that comment inadvertently reminded me in making this submarine, I realized I didn't put a bathroom anywhere in it. You know, it's D&D. That's what the buckets it's, are that only, I've been carrying you around. Only, you only <laughs> do bathrooms when they're important to the plot. <laughs> that's, what the, that's what the cloak of the manta ray is for. Everybody has to get shot out of the torpedoes yeah. and just take a poop out. <laughs> you no, you don't even shoot out, out of the torpedo. You just in. stick your butt out of the torpedo. <laughs> <laughs> well that that's was pretty funny quite visual. yeah that's a although that kind of sucks if you're in the observation room when that happens because you just or another submarine goes by you and just looks like you're mooning that submarine <laughs> We're just shitting in here, okay? I knew I shouldn't have brought my parents on Take Your Parents to Work Day. I mean, that's kind of what the head was on ships, right? Yeah. Like, it was just like, go off the side of the ship, basically. I mean, that's how they oh, built medieval towers, too, to start yeah. with before they had plumbing. They just had, like, little alcoves that had a hole, and then your poop fell into the goddamn boat. Num, num, nums. Yep, yep. Poop deck. That makes it so that, you know, people really do not want to swim across that moat and attack you. The moat yeah, I is mean, full of cared about. bad for, stuff. For a number of reasons they didn't want to get in the moat, uh, yeah. I think poop was probably low <laughs> on least. that, on the, on the danger hierarchy. That would be high on my hierarchy. Yeah, because we have um, hygiene and awareness of... True. Of germs. I feel like being grossed out by poop is sort of just a sort of natural disgust reaction that humans have. <laughs> as fun as this conversation has been, let's talk about uh, what's about happening. Our podcast. About literally anything else. <laughs> so the cleric has laid out these bodies. Um, they've, uh, I believe one of you gave the cleric the diamonds that you were able to, uh, to yeah, I, I dumped okay. I dumped them out of my bag and then Red found them. Okay, that's right. So those have been distributed. Let's see what happens. Sound of a harp. I assume that we are cutting over to the door situation before he comes back. No, we never get to find out about those doors ever again. Okay. Nope, that seems over. That's all you That'll get. come back in season eight of Dial M for Magic. Treble, uh, you're about to open the door and suddenly you're whisked away. I mean, that is what I would was going to do, but oh. that seems almost do cruel at this point. And cut out my part where I said that that was what <laughs> then, was going to happen. Uh, well, here here's what I'll say. So, Treble, 
This wispy apparition has directed you to that door for which you can find peace, or through which you can find peace. And you're able to get the door open just a crack before you feel like almost like hooks on your essence that are pulling you, like pulling, you know, whatever you want to call like your body right now, pulling you back. And you can see like your form basically getting pulled away from this door, away from the hallway, and it starts fading from your view. Is the, is, as I'm being pulled away, can, is the wisp of smoke, can they see me being pulled away? They can, and in fact, they wave to you. Is there like a check I, like, that you can I start, make to I start try to, wave. to have peeked in the door a little bit? Well, I was gonna say, you do get, get the strong smell of jasmine when you open that door. Okay, for a second, my brain went jazz men, like men who play jazz. And I'm like, yep, that's Trouble's Heaven. He just has to hang out with a bunch of smoking, drinking, trouble, like jazz men. Louis Armstrong, you're here. And you're here. And you're here. So as I'm like, as I'm being yanked back, I wave back at the... um, at the wisp of smoke, but like just before the last second, I turn it into a the finger and I flip him off. That's <laughs> so like. Oh, why? Why? Um, <laughs> go ahead and roll religion. Ooh, that's pretty good. Uh, that's a seventeen. You do see something, but you only see it after you make the very rude gesture in this hallway. Obviously, I'm as I mentioned, there are there are a number of doors. Um, another of them, like, slams open as soon as you make that gesture. (laughs) And all you can see is a massive reptilian arm go through and reach after you. Um, it does not connect. It misses you. Even though you don't really have a physical body right now, you just feel a wave of cold go over you as this arm reaches for you. So as I'm being yanked back, does that feeling of cold come from the freezer that I'm in? Or does that come, feeling of cold come from the I don't arm? think you could tell, uh, to be honest. It's two different kinds of cold. Okay. So that, one, yeah, okay. one fades into the other. Okay. Is this like when you have a dream that you're falling and then you roll out of bed and land on the floor? Yep. <laughs> Has that ever actually happened to you? Yes, and I broke two ribs. What? Oh, snap. Yeah, I've had it happen oh, to me, too. I thought that was a thing that only happened to books. No, I felt I went to grad school and I was used to sleeping in a queen-size bed and I went back to a full-size twin and I rolled out and threw my arm out to catch myself as I fell. Oh, my Ouch. gosh. Sleeping is dangerous. Yeah, don't do it. Stay up it's just all risky. the fucking time. No long rests for anyone. No long rests. No long rests. No long rests. <laughs> After we beg for long rests. So, Treble, the feeling of cold has been replaced with... Because now that you've been on a table for an hour, you're starting to thaw. So you're cold, but you're also kind of wet. But much like the beginning of, uh, of Evanescence's Bring Me to Life... You hear that heartbeat. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. Your eyes snap open. And then you hear, Good, you're finally awake. 
<laughs> oh, no. And oh, Skyrim God. begins. You're in a different game. <laughs> you woke up in a different game. And you look around, and there's trees everywhere, and you're in the back of a cart. What? <laughs> the dragons are flying over You close it. your eyes again, and then you hear, Ugh, last night's storm couldn't wake you. I hear one of the guards say we've reached Morrowind. You just wake up in a different game every time you blink. <laughs> no, you, you wake up on the table, and above you, you see uh, a white-coated figure with, like, a surgical mask on. And they've got, like, a little hand lamp that they're kind of look shining at your eyes. Triple's eyes shoot open. He goes, Oh! 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 Why do I smell like a caprese salad? What? <laughs> do caprese salads smell like shit? That's the reference to the olive oil that Herman poured on. <laughs> I was like, I always have balsamic on my caprese salad, so it's very confused. I was, was going to say, do you think that beef smell uh, is in caprese salad? Because <laughs> you were right next to it. But <laughs> yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, no. I'm glad you remembered that fact. Good on, good on you. Jordan's the one who edits the episodes, so like, oh yeah, he knows he's what the one happens. that like actually listens to our podcast. <laughs> also, for the I record, listen to it enough for all of us. Don't worry, so it's fine. <laughs> for the record, you pooped your pants. You smell poop. Yeah, <laughs> we did, we did discuss that you would have evacuated your bowels. I think Jordan missed that uh, part, or he cut it. <laughs> <laughs> I believe I cut that. <laughs> oh, did you? Oh, I see. Okay. Look, we talk about poop too much on this podcast. That's fine. What <laughs> do we all see who are not Treble? Does Treble look the same? Does he look healthy? Does he look like he has one hit point? What? Well, what, this will be that? the only time I'm able to say say this, but he does look like death warmed over. I mean, he looks like a person who's seen some shit. Where is Herman? Why is Vincent out right now? Don't they look exactly the same? Aren't they the same person? How would you know? <laughs> I think we can tell. At this point in time, we can definitely tell. We've been traveling with I him I feel like enough. he has we a very different Vincent countenance. Like. like, facial expression yeah. and, like, like posture. <laughs> okay, okay. It would make sense. Herman just walks around with, like, a shit-eating grin on his face, and then Vincent just scowls everywhere he goes. Yeah, I think we can tell. <laughs> Herman's was 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 crushed when you died, and he's he's retreated back in on himself. He uh, he's he's not gonna be around for a while. I pat Vincent uh, on the arm and just go, "Yeah, we're getting to know our uh, new new friend Vincent. He's um, you know, we haven't learned much about him yet because we only seen him in action, but we're we're gonna see him in uh, downtime now." It's good to meet you, buddy. Trouble just kind of pats him on the shoulder. What does base do? He looks. What is base doing right now? So as as uh, uh, Herman said, uh, he was walking on the ceiling with his new gloves. When he sees Trouble's eyes open, it's almost like kind of a moment of disbelief. You know, when a an animal like sees their owner come home and they kind of like look at him for a second like they haven't seen him for a while they're like look at him for or a when second you show and a like, dog confused. a magic trick and they're like what <laughs> yeah and then uh when he sees treble stand up 
he just jumps off of he like lets go of the ceiling and like climbs himself down Herman and goes and does the thing like worms his way through Treble's feet like over and over again like while Treble is talking and like as Treble's talking he reaches down, like scoops down picks him up and puts him on his shoulder and like everyone in this room can hear a cat purring every single person in this room can hear a cat purring it's just so loud and he's making noises much like Runt is right now. Just uh, very happy. We don't really have fan artists for this show, but I really want someone to make us an art of happy little bass with his spider climb gloves. <laughs> with his fingerless gloves. <laughs> Please, any artist, do this for us. Please draw this for me specifically. Spider climb gloves, please. Kitty will just quietly walk up to him and slap him. Uh, Red watches Kitty slap him and goes, "Ah, oh, knew it." Go ahead and roll <laughs> for he damage. Knows there's something um, between so, these two. So <laughs> should have seen that coming. Uh, I an unarmed strike is is one plus your strength modifier my strength modifier is negative one so it does literally no damage zero damage don't you get something extra <laughs> for your claws i don't have my claws out ah okay i would like in my mind i was it's like you know toe bean slap <laughs> it's a soft like... little paw smack like my my I mean, it's not sad soft. little declawed cat gives me. Jordan, name. I don't remember offhand. Do you have to roll for how many HP you come back with? No, you come back with one. Well, that's why I, I guess that's good for you. Uh, that's the only reason I slapped him is because I was like I could claw him, but that would actually do damage. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, that would be really funny to like to, to kill, kill him, him again. again, have him fail the death saves again, and go right back. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the the spiritual uh, the thing in the mm-hmm. room with all the doors. <laughs> like, oh, fuck! I'm sorry! It's <laughs> like five minutes sorry. later, I come back. Oops. Like, oh, sorry, sorry. uh, hey, bud! Hey, well, sorry, well, well. Too soon. <laughs> Look who came back. She Do you even... respond to this slap at all? She won't even say anything. She'll just slap him, and then leave i can't say that i didn't deserve that but wait no why did i deserve that <laughs> that's fucking shit i just died why are you fucking hitting me she'll just walk yeah she's walking out she's like you you actually died uh, over a day ago so i've had time to be angry at you this whole time red leans in to treble sort of like as if he's whispering but definitely is not and goes I think she has a lot of emotions about your death. I, she might be into you. I have a passive perception of 20. <laughs> <laughs> I Don't worry. I reach over and I punch Red in the arm. <laughs> for how much damage? Roll, roll for damage. <laughs> I'm at full now. I can take it. Baby, I can take it now. <laughs> Two damage. <laughs> I take it. Red, go ahead and roll perception. Oh, goodness. Oh, good gracious. Oh, good golly, oh, good gracious. Oh, no. Oh, boy. Uh, that's an eight. Fuck. Oh, for fuck's sake. Okay. Eight well, is not the mind. worst. It's... If it's something obvious, I could notice it with an eight. Hold on, I'm going to grind my teeth, and I don't want it on the audio, so I'm going to mute <laughs> for a second. <laughs> Red is not a very wise man, and that's simply how it is. 
perception or, is a wisdom skill. Or understand, like, or very attentive to the world around him. Yeah, he doesn't know a lot. Okay, I'm done now. <laughs> Actually, I guess all of you would notice this. In addition to the cleric and, and her assistants, there's one other person in the room. And it's not someone that you've seen before or seen around the ship, but there is a rather thin and dressed in a very like old-fashioned suit, uh, Furbolg, who is sitting and drinking a cup of tea from a saucer and looking at all of you. And we've never seen this guy before? Correct. When did he come in? <laughs> we never noticed a huge Furbolg just sipping tea in the corner? Like, you did don't he know. come in during the resurrection process while we were distracted or something? Probably. You don't know. Who knows? Okay. You aren't paying attention, small boy. I do have a passive boy! perception. Boy! It's, okay, boy. my passive perception is only 11. I don't know <laughs> shit. <laughs> I'm sorry, I used to play a rogue and I had like a passive perception of 20. It's great. I feel it's very awesome. sad now. Well, times have changed, kid. Boy. So roll better. I look over at this guy and I'm like, ah, hey, when'd you get here? <laughs> yep, yes, you do. Because I need yeah. to know. <laughs> yeah, you well, do. I'm glad that we had that line of dialogue. Um, Listen, <laughs> I don't know when he got here and I need to know. <laughs> Why do you need to know? Why does it matter when you got here? Because it's a huge furball in a suit sipping tea in the corner. That's interesting. The furball. No one cares about you. You're alive now. Don't worry about it. The furball takes a sip of the tea and puts the cup in the saucer. And from a little pocket on their waistcoat, they take out a pair of little crystalline spectacles and place them gently on the bridge of their nose. And then they look directly into your eyes, Red, and say, Well, I've always been here for you. Uh, were you invisible before? Or what, um... Is it Sir Gerald? Hey, uh, Reddy boy. Come over here and take a seat. We gotta talk some shop. Oh! (laughs) It's Sir Gerald. Uh, I don't think Red... Uh, realizes what everyone else in the room has realized. <laughs> he just goes over and sits down. It's like, uh, yeah, yeah, you know my name. What, what, what's your name, sir? You a friend of my mom's? <laughs> I mean, who knows? Sir Gerald could be a friend of your mom's. Hey, <laughs> that's the joke I thought about making and then didn't. Oh boy, that's what I do, baby. That's what I'm here for. Yeah, I'm the plumber from... (laughs) I'm here to deliver your big sausage pizza. Oh, no. Uh, I'm also the milkman. Because that's a a job that people still... Gotta gather myself a little bit here. Looky here, ready boy. You've said... You're talking mad shit for someone within smiting distance. And uh, let's be real. And he pulls out a little notebook... And then he turns it around and slides it across the table to you, Red. And you realize that it's a written record of every prayer you've made. <laughs> oh, God, he's like Santa Claus. He sees you when you're sleeping. <laughs> Looky here, Reddy boy. I don't get much service out here in, uh, well, the ocean. So it took me a little bit to manifest over here. But now that I'm here, let me tell you, I'm 
I'm quite cross. Is with Kitty uh, in the room? I'm like at the doorway. I mean, all I thought all of you were in the room. I just walked but... away from trouble. I'm just like fuck. Red looks over at Kitty with a look of like, help, <laughs> help! I need an adult. To everybody else, it looks like you're just talking to a regular crewman. Do they hear and see what I'm seeing, or do they see a normal conversation? They just see a normal conversation. Okay, Red looks over at you with the look of help, and you're like, with what? <laughs> hey, 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 don't talk to them. I'm talking to you. Like, pokes you in the chest. Uh, yes, yes. I... Now looky here, asshole. You called me. <laughs> you called me some very hurtful things. <laughs> I'm very sorry about that, mister. Won't we'll, we'll do, do that again. You're right, you won't. Because if you do it again, I'm cutting you off. <gasps> that is a fair assessment. Uh, he's like trying to think of all the big words he can think of. <laughs> Don't think that just because I'm not as powerful as some of those other, other fave, fave fucks that, uh, uh, <laughs> that, you know, I can't do things because I can absolutely do things. And, uh, you gotta be careful. I can always find another acolyte. I mean, I only get to try and find a new one once per month because of, because of my restrictions and all. But, but that's not the point. I'll, if you, if you keep this up at the start of the next fiscal month, oh boy, you'll be, you'll be in a world of hurt. Wait, Don't you, you forget it. Sorry, what, the restrictions? Is this like a corporate situation? Uh, it's it, it's it's a little complicated for for someone like you to understand. Just just believe me when I say, if I wanted you to to suffer, I would absolutely do it. I have a I have a question about for you, Dan, about yeah. Red. Uh, when you made your warlock pact with Gerald Birkenstock, did you meet him, or was this just something that you just did, and you're like, cool, yeah, I don't know who this guy is. I'm just going to make him my my fae patron. So, yeah, so the backstory that I worked out with Henry at the beginning was, like, Red met Sir Gerald Birkenstock, but not in this form, not in a, like, fae form. Like, he met Sir Gerald Birkenstock, like, in the form of, like, a bird in the forest. Because Faye are shapeshifters. So he never knew what Birkenstock actually looked like. Still might not. Yeah. I mean, this could not be his real form either, but who knows. It's like you knew what I was going to say next. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> so... As you're speaking, um, you notice that this this furbolg is visibly aging very rapidly in front of you. Uh... Their hair is going from kind of this jet black to to gray mixed with black, and now it's white. And the skin is starting to become like kind of blotchy and loose. Uh, and eventually, pieces of it start falling onto the table. Sir, are you okay? This is what'll happen to you the next Ooh. time you you say something so disrespectful. Ah, uh, 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 your your skin. <laughs> he like 
picks up some skin and tries to put it back on the dude's face. (laughs) (laughs) That may be. Uh, Eventually, you are literally looking at a skeleton inside of a suit. This is bad. (laughs) I thought you should have a look at the last guy who insulted me this way. Some say Harvey's still out there decomposing. Harvey? Your predecessor, asshole. Now that I've rebuked you properly, I will give you props. I appreciate your patronage. All right. Is he still a skeleton? (laughs) Yes. Uh, Okay. Now looky here, kid. You got some heart. You're not good enough to play for one of the bigger teams, but you got some heart, and that means a lot to me. He reaches into, well, it's kind of awkward because it's a skeleton and it can't really, you know, it's a little awkward for it to reach without any muscles, but it happens. Uh, and reaches into the pocket of this suit and pulls out a flower blossom and slides it across the table to you. Uh, Go ahead and roll nature. Okay, I should be better at nature. Got a plus two. Fifteen. Okay. So you recognize this as being a rare flower uh, from the region of the Grimwald that you were in. Okay. Where um, I grew up. Correct. And it's called the Sapphire Lotus. Ooh. And um, basically it's thought to have some magical properties if you ingest it. Okay. So he slides that across the table to you and then says, just because I'm an asshole doesn't mean I have to always act like an asshole, you know? (laughs) Asshole. And then he just calls you one. Yes, sir. (laughs) That's right. I am a sir. Consider this a little, uh, little token of my esteem. You're doing okay, kid. Just, uh, just keep at it. And, uh, you know, maybe next time I won't have to come out here and and talk mad shit to you. You understand? (laughs) Yes, sir. Ah, well, good. That's all I ask of you. And uh, he reaches into his pocket and he pulls out this really crumpled, like, bowler hat. And he, like, punches it a couple times to get it to get its shape back. And then he puts it on top of this skeleton. (laughs) So he's a skeleton in a suit and a bowler hat now. That's correct. Horrifying. (laughs) Continue. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, he stands up and says, Well, uh, I'm glad we had this little chat. I hope that you reach out again if you, uh, if you have any, any questions or any trouble. And by the way, that magical artifact you picked up back there is pretty cool. You should do something with it. He said, looking at the camera. Uh, <laughs> yes, sir. I, I'll, I'll figure that out. He makes a little gesture like hang loose. <laughs> Fantastic. And then he stands up and stomps his foot. And you see this spectral pale green portal appear. And out of it are growing vines and plants. And he gathers himself, does a little jump, and jumps into the portal. And it closes behind him. Red, like, bows awkwardly as he's leaving. You hear in kind of an echoing tone... That's not, not the last, the last you'll, you'll see, see of, of Jerry, Jerry B. B. Jerry B. 
Good old Jeremy. <laughs> Red immediately turns back to the group and points to where the portal just was and goes, Did y'all see that? See what? That you got turned down by the sailor? Um, that was not a sailor. That was a skeleton man with a portal. It was Sir Gerald Birkenstock, and we have to be very respectful or we will all become skeletons. Rest in peace to Harvey. Uh, uh, Red, are you uh, feeling okay? Uh, 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 are you sh- <laughs> sure you got enough sleep, Red? I, yes. Uh, are we sure that I'm the one who died? Cause... I did not die. I had a conversation with a fey being. Hey, Claire, can we, uh, can you look into red over here? <laughs> Something's going on. <laughs> uh, do I have the flower? You do have the flower. I hold it out, and I'm like, he he gave me this. It's a magical flower. Does it look like a magical flower to us, or? What does it look like It looks like them? a wilted rose. Cool, red. Um, you can... I, I look at Vincent and I'm like, do you? I don't. I, I don't get it. What's the deal with the rose? Yeah, Listen, I, I think Red's was brave, very upset with Sir Gerald Birkenstock it, when you died, and I did uh, say a few hurtful things, and then he came back, and he was a bugbear in a little suit, and then he became a skeleton, and then now he left me a flower. Uh, and also told me to check out a magical artifact, and I forgot what that is. Kitty, uh, what okay, do Red, we have? Okay, I'm, Red, I'm beginning to understand here. I just have one question for you. Yes. Who the fuck is Gerald Birkenstock? He's where I get my magic powers. Oh, <laughs> you have to get it from somebody? You don't just have it? And this is kind of, Trevor was kind of laughing at you a little bit. Not, not in like a mean yeah, that's way. Kind, that's kind of oh, mean. I didn't know that people had that sort of thing. <laughs> I thought it just came like, oh. from the ribs. Red just stares at him. Are y'all not getting your magic powers from somewhere? Uh, no, mine just come from my beautiful poetry. So I <laughs> kind of just stick with that. That is extremely weird. <laughs> yeah, that's much weirder than what you said. <laughs> Red, you look down, and on your feet are a pair of leather sandals. Is that the magic artifact? No. Okay. <laughs> are they Birkenstocks? I think for legal reasons, we can't say that they're Birkenstocks. We definitely They're Sterkenbox. Sterkenbox. <laughs> Red looks down at them and goes, Ah! See? Look! Look! And he just, like, holds out his foot. It's like, I was not wearing these before. Uh, 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 that means you just changed your sh- shoes. Did you see me change my shoes? Were they having a buy one, get one sale at Payless? Is that where you got your <laughs> sandals? Less these are bread. <laughs> There's no <laughs> stores on this. I... You all. I... You don't understand forest technology. I gotta go. <laughs> he, he like storms over into a corner. <laughs> uh, Red pouts for a second and then looks at Kitty and goes, So what all magical things do we have? Can we go take a look at all of our stuff? Because it seems like some of my stuff has been transforming and there 
There could be clues. Um, There's clues in the magic uh, things. Uh, okay. Um, and she will lead the way back to our closet that we have been given. Okay, awesome. And she'll just start pulling. She's got, she pulls out her magic um, grappling hook. She pulls out a ring of swimming, an oil of slipperiness, a glass of restorative ointment, puts down her bag of tricks, a ring of jumping, cantrip scroll, filter of love, spell scroll, decanter of endless water, potion of supreme healing, potion of speed, plus one crossbow, pearl of power... Uh, the gloves, I, the Yeah, I have. take out the pearl of power that I have and the necklace of prayer beads. Oh, you mean and this just, thing? Does and then anything she pulls look out like the it's... red box that she took from the old guy's house. Does anything else look like it's glowing with a particular sort of plot resonance? <laughs> and he got any plot residue on it. We're looking for um, plot residue. On the subject, uh, yeah, I mean, the the book that goes with the phone. Yeah, Herman's oh, yeah, got book. that. Fuck. Do we ever actually look at the book? <laughs> nope. <laughs> we are terrible. <laughs> the last thing Herman's going to do is read a book. Well, uh, 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 maybe Vincent uh, will read a book. Uh, Vincent, could I have the, the book, please? Yeah, sure. Great. I hand you the book. G- great. Henry had to send my literal, like, warlock patron over to be like, hey, look at the things you got in episode one. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Henry. Yes? Do my new Birkenstocks do anything? They remind you to not take your patron's name in vain. Uh, they do, but I'm not going to tell you what yet. Okay. I'll find out. Okay, so in the book... Uh, is a description of what the phone is and does. The phone, as described, is, they call it a temporal conduit, wherein by inputting the correct kind of energy, you can go to a predetermined place and time. And depending on what fuel you give the phone, it can transport greater, or basically more or fewer people forwards and backwards in time. Oh my god. It's like the people that we met that were from like a billion years ago and from the church dungeon. And maybe Mabel and Ernest. Maybe. You don't know about Mabel. Yeah, this could be a great time to tell us about Mabel. It could be. (laughs) <laughs> you so <laughs> piece of shit. Um, Henry, make her I'm, tell us. I'm not. I'm not going to do that. What I am going to say is that the book also describes. I cast zone Oh, for of fuck's truth. sake! Okay, but let me get my exposition out. Then you can do whatever thing you're going to do. Um, okay. The book right. also details what specific things you can use for fuel. Because it requires a great deal of energy to transport even a single person back in time, much less multiple. Another thing that you can use the phone for is contacting entities from different dimensions. There's a breakdown for what different entities you can contact, and you can also attempt to contact something random without knowing 
what it might be. Oh, so fuck, that, that sounds called. like the worst idea ever. Or Just or the best. A, um, <laughs> Treble's interest is room. very pink. This is chat roulette. Yeah. Ah, no! There's so many dicks on there! No! I was gonna say, it's for sure gonna be a dick. (laughs) A cosmic dick. Dick Uh, Hey, this is Bahamut. I showed you my dick. What up? On that list of entities is the person Dan talks about all the time, or Red talks about all the time on there. There is an entry for Fae, but it doesn't specify which Fae. So to give you a sampling, Faye is on the list, Jin, Merids, and Ifrits are on the list. A couple of the names are kind of scrawled out, but you can kind of make out the word demons with a question mark. Um, <laughs> demons question mark? Demons? There are also spaces left below that entry, which would seem to indicate that there might be other things on the list too that, that haven't been discovered yet. That they haven't yeah. like found the number for. Yeah. Or whatever energy. Because it's like you use energy to make calls on this thing. Ba- basically, there's. Uh, I mentioned toward the beginning, there was like a slot in the phone where you'd put like a crystal. Oh, um, that's right. And so you so, have certain types of like certain gems or types of crystals or multiples thereof. There is also a little addendum that has that that's been written in the very end of of the written content for the book that says you can also use this to contact other people who have this phone. Nobody, nobody. I bet the Abbey has one of them phones. Uh, uh, uh. That's why they caught us before. I, I mean, um, <laughs> Ernest said that we shouldn't use the phone or pick it up or talk to it, but maybe there's a way to block our number? <laughs> it's star 69. <laughs> Look, there's Faye on here. We could contact Sergio Birkenstock. I know you didn't, but it sounded like you said Sergio Birkenstock. Sergio Birkenstock. Sergio Birkenstock. He does the fancy sandals. <laughs> They're with the Italian letter. Maybe Ernest didn't want us to use the phone because we didn't know how to use the phone. But now that we know but how. He told us to get the book, too. He didn't say that we couldn't open the book. And the book tells us how to use the phone and. and I just, I wish he's... Listen, I don't think Ernest could have known that we would end up sort of on a submarine headed to another country. Well, I don't think he thought he was going to end up stuck in a temporal plane constantly in pain because he got almost killed, but we saved him, and then his wife died, but then she's not dead, and then all these things are just fucked up. I'm sorry, what? I I don't know what's happening. I'm sorry, Wait, Mabel isn't dead? Mabel, Mabel's dead. She died in front of all of us. That Mabel died, but the uh, Abby might have another one. Another Mabel? The exact... She got a twin? I don't know. I saw her, and I said her name when I was invisible, and she seemed to react, but then also was doing... Horrible experimenty th- th- 
things. Wait, where? On the ship? No, at the Abbey. She's at the Abbey being a scientist talking about jump camp with her friend and doing probably evil things. (laughs) Jump camp? <laughs> That's where the jump camp comes from. <laughs> that was such a good callback. <laughs> Why are you just now telling us about this? About jump camp? Because this is just no. now when it came up. <laughs> jump camp about Mabel. Because things have been a little f- fucking stressful, okay? Vincent, get out of my face! That's fair. Thank you. (laughs) Vincent, you really are getting a handle on your anger issues. I really appreciate that about you. Yeah, it was really hard before because I was just bottled up and then I would come out and it was just pure rage. But now I have some time to sit in it and process things a little bit. I mean, I'm still angry, don't get me wrong, but. (laughs) That's great, man. One step at a time. Hey, listen, what the fuck, though, with Mabel? Uh, uh, I don't know. She seemed like she was a scientist there. She looked like Mabel and she reacted to the name, but she was also a scientist. She was down there working on something in in that horrible basement where uh, uh, other horrible things were happening. So I don't don't know. Look, that's, that's... That could what be Mabel, that could not be Mabel. Mabel out of the past. That's what With I was thinking. With a time thing. Or they have a phone. They, a, we know that Mabel we can do Ernest that. Mabel and were from the past, and they came forward to stop what's ever happening now. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. But we have to have some kind of gems or crystals to to power this and it's i don't know he had to have given it to us if he's from the past he had to have given it to us for a reason he gave you the the phone and he gave herman the well book. he just told us to get those he, and get them out because i think this is just my before as a journalist i've been looking into a lot of the floating cities and a a lot of the politics around the floating cities and things that have gone on with them and and they were going to take Ernest to force him to work on them and he didn't want to, to, to do it and then the day after that they were going to force him to do it is when or the evening of that and everything went down so i think since I mean we're we're going to floating cities, we they might all, all, all be tied to that, and whatever the Abbey is doing in Bastalone is against that as well. I I don't know. I I think it's all connected in some way, but I think it has some kind of connection to the floating cities, and that this. Because we're not allowed to do magic back home, and this is one of the most magical f- fucking things I've ever seen in my life. Uh, Red just puts a hand on Kitty's shoulder and goes, Listen, I know that Ernest may not have intended for things to go the way they've gone, and maybe he didn't intend for us to use this phone, but Sir Gerald Birkenstock 
said that this magical item would help us. And I trust him implicitly. Because if I don't, he will turn me into a threat. <laughs> Kitty will just like... That was a threat. Pat, pat Red's hand and be like, cool, I guess. I, I don't know. I think... I don't know why we're the ones put into this... Like, I was just a journalist, and he, he's just a dirty, stinky poet, and you're a handyman, and and you're a tiny little boy. Like, why is this... Why is it us? I do have a job. Uh, a carpenter, tiny little boy. I had, I had a yeah, job. None of us... He, like, kind of looks down have... sadly as he realizes he's probably no longer... Yeah, none of us In all fairness, <laughs> Herman is a handyman. I'm a professional holiday singer. Wow, that's something I didn't know about you, Vincent. Henry, I have a question. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We've previously established that I have been to the floating city that we are headed to. Would I know of a place or would I know of an individual perhaps there who like it seems like we just have a lot of questions about this phone. I mean, we know how to use it and kind of what it does, but we still have a lot of questions about it. Do I would I know of anybody who would who is semi trustworthy in this area that would know something about magical artifacts? If not, that's fine. I just I, trustworthy. I don't know. I don't know that you would have been there enough to make that judgment. Or hanging um, out with trustworthy people. Or tr- yeah, or hanging out with trustworthy people. Um, but you would know so, okay. that because of the city's proximity to both Ransheim and Kebra, and both of those nations being more magic friendly, there's a lot more like magic shops. And people who specialize in different fields of magic that live in this city in various places. So you could probably find, if not somebody trustworthy, at least somebody knowledgeable. So I say we, while we're in this city, we take advantage of being outside of Bastillon. Why don't we take it to somebody who might know more information about it? We can get our questions answered because, yes... You have questions about this? What what questions do you have? It seems like we've answered all. Also, I realize that they're they're gloves of swimming and climbing, not spider climb, but I still <laughs> would like them to be spider climb cuz I like your gloves. Those nice. Yeah, fingerless gloves. Good choice. Um so base agrees that we should try to find someone who is knowledgeable about magical artifacts who can maybe answer our questions a little better that sounds pretty good to me seems reasonable frankly if you get your magic from poems and i get mine from a dear fey entity called sir gerald birkenstock neither of us know that much about magic Yes, that is true. Great. It's <laughs> <laughs> just sort of an awkward silence in the closet. Um, <laughs> wonderful. Kitty will also give um, the spell scrolls to to Treble 
I got a cantrip spell scroll and a fourth level. I don't know what spells they are. I just know that that's what I gave me. Yeah, well, I think that's kind of up to you. Um, so they'll be up to trouble now. So here okay. we go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Trouble, you should probably also take this so you stop dying all the time. And I hand trouble the potion of vitality that I had. I, I take all of these gifts and say, yeah, I don't, definitely don't want to die again. So we're going to we'll take these. He puts it in his pocket. While we are looking at our magic items, can I do any more investigation of this flower I've been given or just like knowledge check? Do I know what this will do for me? Am I supposed to eat it? <laughs> I like I that. That's the first tea? thing you think. I've been given a magic flower. Am well, because he said to if ingested. Oh, I did. So, like, I am I supposed part. to just eat it or, like, make it into tea or, like... You can do... And what will it do? Typically, people would just eat it, but you can make it into tea if you want. It, and it shouldn't change... Okay. Shouldn't change anything. You should probably just grind it up and smoke it. Yeah. Do sniff I know it. what it'll just do? Just grind it out and sniff it. So... From a gameplay perspective, you all are going to level up at the end of this session. So this, for gameplay purposes, this would allow you to make get your stats change if you want it. Oh, awesome. Okay, thank you. And that, friends, is how you do DM stuff. Um. <laughs> Woo! Magic flowers that give me strength. And slightly less dexterity. Because um, I'm just going to switch those two stats. So, do you eat it right now? Yeah. It's going to give you one other thing mm. as well. So, well... <laughs> um, <laughs> you, you eat it and suddenly Joe Rogan sounds really... He, he makes a lot of sense. No, um, basically, so you eat it and you do enter kind of a vision state where you're just surrounded by all of these wafting plumes of smoke and you hear gerald's voice speak to you through the smoke and he says hey asshole listen up i packed something extra into this flower he goes on to explain that once per day or once per long rest you can activate what's called the shield of thorns which allows tiny rose bush like thorns to sprout from your body and oh my it will god. increase your AC by plus one for it. Oh my god, I'm gonna look so sick for a ten minute period. That's incredible. I will add that to my character sheet. And at the very end, as your vision begins to fade, you hear You're welcome, asshole. And then the sound of a door slamming shut. Okay, awesome. What did my friends see while I went on this vision journey with them in the closet? Uh, roll a d20. Me? No, the other Dan. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you were asking me or other people. No, uh, yeah, you. Yeah, no, we're sorry. asking the other Dan. Did you yeah, the other Dan. <laughs> That's a nine. So they would have seen you... Dancing with yourself. Cool. <laughs> Is that a roll to see how embarrassing the action was? There was it was a you roll see to see gobble, what variety of dance you, see you do. Me gobble up a flower and then start dancing with myself in the corner of a closet. 
I look at Vincent, I'm like, I've done a lot of shit in my life, and I have never done anything like that. <laughs> I, I, I don't understand. Red brought drugs but didn't give any to us? Selfish. Yeah, that's kind of fucked up, Red. That's kind of fucked up. <laughs> I hear nothing. <laughs> you know, Vincent, um, Herman, I don't think, would like drugs in his body, so... Well, good thing Herman's not here right now. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact, Vincent likes yeah. drugs. I mean, I think the only thing Kitty would do now that we remembered about the book um, is studying the book, um, still studying all those papers that she found. All I know is about the tier teams and things like that. Just kind of, just on the off time, she's like staying away from everybody. She's still like super flipped out about everything that happened. So she's just like, I'm just going to study all this, take some notes so that we don't feel so super... I'm prepared when we start asking questions <laughs> around people. Vincent's going to read a bunch of books on anger management. <laughs> <laughs> on the ship. Yeah. He's never got to read before. <laughs> they were all given to the Locatha, but because the Locatha is dead, yeah. they're just like, here, <laughs> do you want the these Locatha's books? personal library. Uh, um, and Treble's going to be working out with extended vigor. He's going to be asking... Uh, uh, Vincent for help on his like technique and how to he's he's ironically Herman knows out. about working out but Vincent just wants to read <laughs> right <laughs> uh, Red is gonna uh, really focus internally on like his magic and and trying to evolve it to be something where he can be more like healing and protecting because he's really worried about treble now that treble has died and so he's just doing some sort of soul searching and also like talking to the cleric and like other crew members he can find to be like how do you develop the ability to heal people or protect people <laughs> so Okay, so what I will say is the cleric, after having performed however many uh, revivifies in the last few days, is like Dose. taking it easy. Dose um, oh, trace. Oh, trace. It, more, well, it was more than that because they revived people before the few on the deck and before Damn. the few in the fris in the freezer. So they, they're doing a doctor house level of uh, of <laughs> medical work. Maybe without the questionable medical ethics, but that's neither here nor there. So, but with the drug use. Oh, I, I'm not ruling out drug use. Um, <laughs> everybody, please pl pl please watch House. It it's worth it. Um, okay, so the doctor can kind of give you some tips. Like it's better when possible to to not hurt your patient if you can avoid it. Uh, and wherever you go, there you are. Uh, neither a borrower nor a lender be. I think it's more of like, like, Treble's trying to figure out what the different sort of schools of magic even are. So he's like asking the cleric, like, where do you get your power from? Okay, so it's a god, not like a fae. And like, what other kinds of magic do you know about? And that kind of thing. As he's, like, hoping to, you know, develop some new abilities. So, 
the cleric uh, pulls up her sleeve and you actually see a tattoo of a vulture-headed deity uh, with spread wings and there's kind of light shooting out from behind it. And she explains that she is an acolyte of Petrical, which you wouldn't probably have much knowledge of Kebrin deities, but Petrical, the sunborn redeemer, is like a patron god of healing and restoration and fertility, oddly enough, but you know, it's a it's a packed pantheon. People gotta gotta have many special specialties. They give you a book of, like, not an idiot's guide to every magical school, but, like, a basic explanation of what the different schools are. After one and a half days, you hear a little voice over the loudspeaker system. And you hear, The Battle of Kandala Memorial, we'll be, we will be passing by it momentarily. As much as possible, all the crew people that you can see around you all stand and remove their hats. Um, but bear in mind that you are currently passing over the sunken continent. So you can actually go out if you go to the observation window and see the remnants if you want to. Uh, if you do that, you see that you're actually very close to the ocean floor at this point. And below you scattered for miles in each direction are white bleached bones and little shiny bits that could be spears and swords or or what have you uh you pass by an obelisk which is like kind of sinking and at an angle uh there's some ruined buildings uh and this goes on for like probably five or six miles so this battle was absolutely massive and at one point you see the rusted hulk of some sort of construct the construct's probably 25 feet tall at least from what you can see and it has it's carrying and it's kind of sunken to the point where it has an arm which is sticking into the air and you pass within like five feet of this massive axe that it's holding. Uh, the axe is probably about eight feet tall, for reference's sake. So, just the scene of carnage all around you. And after a certain point, the bones begin to... There's fewer of them, and then eventually the crew begins to sit down as it becomes apparent you've passed through the, the old battlefield. So... Now then, another day and a half passes, and you all can feel that the, sh that the submarine has started to uh, ascend through the water a little bit. And you can hear little hull-popping sounds as you get closer to the surface. And Captain Michelle comes and finds you all in your closet thing. We will be docking presently at Kuru. Go ahead, uh, we will be docking on one of the lower levels. Treble, you would know this. You would know this, but you might have forgotten. Um, none of you are really sure quite how these cities float. And Treble, you know that each of them floats 
each of the four floating cities floats for uh, by different means. So maybe magic, maybe they're built on the ocean floor. Um, in the case of Kuru, the city is actually built on top of four gigantic sea creatures. So if any of you are by the observation window, you're in very deep water now. The ocean floor kind of drops away a bit after you pass over the battlefield. And you see the spectral kind of silhouette in the distance. And kind of, for lack of a better comparison, kind of like Bioshock, where you can see, like, skyscrapers underwater. You do see that. And then at one point, as you get closer, you see a massive fin or something flap through the water and then disappear into the murky depths again. Red has my trait of being just enamored by sea life and is thrilled. And I'm thrilled and we're thrilled together. I just need everybody to know that I really, really like sea creatures and so does my character. Thank you. <laughs> this is my TED Talk. This has been a TED Talk. Thrilling. Um, <laughs> so the submarine actually goes and docks underwater. Um, a hatch opens in one of the buildings and the submarine goes through. The hatch closes behind and water is sucked out of this chamber. You make your way out of the submarine and you are in kind of... It smells very fishy, for lack of a better word. Just smells like the ocean, which is to be expected. Uh, you're in... It looks just like a dock, like a dry dock. There's various city inhabitants who are like tying up the submarine... And there's like a gangplank and people are unloading stuff. Treble, you would know that you're on like one of the lowest levels of the city. The city extends vertically quite far above the surface, but there's also quite a large portion of it that's underwater. So you're at one of those, an area where commerce would typically happen and people like tritons and other seagoing creatures would kind of come in through this lower entrance. As we get off the sub... I turn to everybody, I'm like, I can't wait to show off my new tattoo. And then I pull up my arm, and it's Betty White punching a shark. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Dial M for Magic. Your cast, as always, was Bobby K. Guffner as Kitty Bradley, Jordan Fugit as Treble, Herman Cranberry was voiced by Nathan Pierce, Dan Rogland was the voice of Red, and our dungeon master, as always, was Henry Rogland. And all of our artwork was done by Ashley meisner Terran. We have a very special guest joining us starting next week for the next couple weeks and we're super excited to have ambrosia be a part of the cast for a little while we recorded some of the episodes and i'll tell you it's been a lot of fun they are very funny and they added a lot to the cast so i'm super excited for you all to see that so our next episode will be coming at you march 31st we look forward to seeing you then but treble also if i might add henry uh treble also looks a little bit different and he stands up and he kind of like dusts himself off a little bit, like gets the rubs the olive oil into his fur a little bit as he's standing up. And uh, he looks at Vincent and he's like, you knew me as Treble, but now I am Treble the Turquoise. <laughs> no, I don't think that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> now, no, 
just to... That's not actually going in there. I just <laughs> wanted just... to hear that sigh of exasperation from Henry. I'm I was going to say, how, that's how attached canon. are you to this idea? That's... Because I'd like that's to make you canon. as unattached as possible to it. Uh... As in, I'll attach, unattach your soul from your body yeah. again. <laughs> Henry's like, you immediately die again. <laughs> you are grabbed by a by a spectral crocodilian arm and yeah, dragged come, into it, the ether. It comes through all of the worlds to kill you. Yep, drags just, you just back into that. hell. <laughs>